inflation, infrastructure, reconciliation, a potential Missouri Senate run. There's a lot on the table uh, for my next guest, Representative uh, Jason Smith, a Republican from Missouri's 8th District, who joins me now. Uh, Congressman, great to have you on the show. Good morning. Good morning, David. Great to be with you, sir. Well, you know, we teed up a lot there, so let's uh, go right down the list. Let's talk about what's going on in Washington, D.C. when it comes to infrastructure and inflation and, of course, reconciliation part of this process. You're in the House. Reconciliation, primarily the Senate issue. Where are we right now? We've got big proposals by the Biden administration, up to $6 trillion overall. We know there's a limitation on reconciliation until being used uh, until 2022, according to the Senate parliamentarian. So there's a lot of information out there. We need to make sense of it for the American people. You know, David, it's 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 a quite confusing subject just because of the the patterns that this administration, the Democrats have been taking just in the last two weeks. First off, if you just look to a couple weeks ago, President Biden had several several senators down at the White House, Republicans and Democrats, to reach a bipartisan infrastructure agreement. Um, they reached in that meeting a bipartisan um, infrastructure agreement. And then two to three hours after their press conference, Biden then said that he would veto the bipartisan infrastructure agreement if they didn't also pass a accompanying reconciliation bill that has every item that he and the the Washington Democrats wanted that was not included in the bipartisan infrastructure package, which included all these tax increases on working class families and and all this money being spent towards what they're now redefined as human infrastructure, which is a new definition, I guess, that the Democrats have created. And then on the following Saturday, just two days after that, he then issued a press release from the White House saying that, no, he he supports a, a bi- the bipartisan infrastructure package, and it doesn't have to be accompanied by the reconciliation bill. So basically, there's a lot of whiplash amongst Republicans and Democrats right now when dealing with this White House, not knowing of the direction. Schumer is trying to push uh, the bipartisan uh, infrastructure package, I think, the week of July 19th in the United States Senate. However, Speaker Pelosi has made it clear several times in the last week that she will not take up the bipartisan infrastructure package if the Senate does not also pass this reconciliation bill that would have the entire progressive wish list um, that they've been asking for. So it's it's quite a mess. Speaker Pelosi is dealing with the dynamics of her razor thin majority of five seats right now, where the 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 liberal progressive squad is is trying to go one direction. The blue dogs are going another direction and they can't lose many votes. We were supposed to go back up this next week to mark up the House budget resolution. Um, but now the House budget chairman, Yarmouth, has said, no, we'll just wait on the Senate. And the only time you wait on the Senate is when you don't have the votes in your own party. You know, I want to take that point you made about uh, Nancy Pelosi, Speaker Pelosi and her razor thin margin. She knows she has a razor thin margin, but here's something she's been successful at. She knows how to wield power. 
Period. End of story. She has demonstrated this over and over again, even when she was supposed to be weakened or being challenged. And that makes her a tough, tough opponent for the Republicans. Even when Republicans are in the majority, she still knows how to wield power. She's shut down proposals that you've put out there to cut red tape. She's shut down other issues over the years. So, you know, that said, and in the minority, how do the Republicans have any chance of cutting into some of her power unless or unless or before and if they take the majority in 2022? David, uh, you you said it quite well. I mean, Speaker Pelosi is able to keep typically all the frogs in the barrel and bring the votes necessary to pull through 218, um, where she has a dynamic right now. She has a five-seat majority right now. But after July 27th, which is just in a few days, she will only have a four-seat majority because of the special election in Texas where there's there's a runoff election and there's only two Republicans in the runoff. A Democrat didn't even make it. So that's definitely a Republican seat. So then she's going to only have a four seat majority. It's more razor thin. If you think of the shell budget resolution that passed back in February, that that was just a shell budget. And that was what brought the reconciliation bill for the one point nine trillion dollar Biden bailout bill that they tried to say it was covid relief. That right there, they lost three Democrats in that one, which was a very easy lift for Speaker Pelosi. Those three Democrats won't support this legislation. And there's an additional five Democrats that have already called um, that have already sent a letter to Speaker Pelosi saying that they will not support a budget resolution unless it has X, Y and Z in regards to fiscal accountability. Then you have another 20 uh, Democrats that have sent a letter saying they will not support a budget resolution unless you eliminate the SALT deduction. That's a state and local income tax deduction, which affects a lot of Democrats in California, New York, and New Jersey. And so she has those different divisions, plus she has the, the, the squad, the Bernie Sanders crowd, that are saying that unless you cut defense more, um, we're not going to support it. So I think that she's in a world of hurt. But what no one's talking about right now, David, is that the debt limit expires on July 31st. And that is something that she's going to even have a bigger challenge pushing through. And, of course, it can be delayed for a couple months because of, you know, extending circumstances with the extra COVID relief money. But in reality, she's going to have to act on that very, very soon. And she's going to need 60 votes in the United States Senate to pass that. Now, on the other side of that, Representative Smith, you've got Republicans, and I typically call them the reticent Republicans, or those who might switch when it comes to certain issues. Again, the reality inside the Congress is Pelosi knows how to wield power and make deals and bring people along. And not every Republican is going to sit there, uh, if you will, and hold firm. There are times when the Republicans do but four can be swung and five can change. I'll tell you so far when it deals with budget issues, I've been working with the house Republican conference. We've not lost a vote when it comes to the budget resolution, the last reconciliation bill, 
um, we have been able to stick together, which is quite interesting when it comes to these budget issues. House Speaker Pelosi has been um, handling the House of Representatives with a heavy hand, giving members $5,000 fines for not going through metal detectors, um, giving people fines for wearing masks when they're vaccinated. These different issues has only caused more division um, between the House Republicans and Speaker Pelosi. So she's she's definitely dividing herself and she's losing that influence that she once had. Well, we will see how this plays out, as you said, accurately. Uh, you know, one more seat goes on the 27th. The end of the month is coming. Uh, you know, on the table in the House, and it's a broad question, to be fair, is there anything of a Republican proposal that even has a chance, something good, that has a chance of passing in the House? You know, clearly, we could pass a bipartisan infrastructure package. Republicans and Democrats all want better roads and bridges. We have a problem there. And we could get to that if Speaker Pelosi would break politics and actually try to allow the proposal that's been agreed to to follow through. I mean, it's not perfect, but it's something that could pass the House. It could pass the Senate, but but it's all whether she wants to do it. And it's also whether the Democrats want to bypass her. There's a tool that they could they could use to bypass her by doing a discharge petition. And it takes just 218 people to sign it and it would bypass her and go to the floor. But you don't see a lot of Democrats that are willing to stand up to Speaker Pelosi, even if they disagree with her. Like I said, she knows how to wield power. She controls the purse, the money, the reelection. And that that for uh, most of the elected representatives is their main thing, staying in office. Uh, let's talk Missouri. All right. You've got Senator Hawley, Senator Blunt. Uh, there have been rumblings about uh, Jason Smith. Your district is large, but it also has a large forest in the middle of it. So unless trees are voting statewide, uh, are you seriously considering? You've been talking to the Trump team. You know, should we expect more from you in the future? You know, David, uh, representing God's country with the trees, the animals, everything else, we still have the same amount of people as every other congressional district in Missouri. And what I want to point out is that in, in our congressional district, it's home to Rush Limbaugh. It is the most conservative portion of the state of Missouri. In fact, there were more Republican primary ballots cast in our congressional district than any other congressional district in the entire state of Missouri. And as you know, there's already four candidates in the field. And, and I'll tell you, I would put my record up against anyone that has been announced or that is thinking about when, when you want to look at how I have voted conservatively, my fight for working class families, farmers and small businesses. And also when it, you brought up President Trump, I am clearly the one person in that whole field that that has stood by the policies of the American First Agenda. I was President Trump's state director in 2016, also in 2020. And when a lot of Republicans um, <laughs> took ship, ran and hid or stayed away from cameras because they may felt like Trump was was sinking. They left him behind, but I didn't. And and, you know, President Trump knows that he sees that. And and, you know, we still are seven months out before filing in Missouri. And we got to win this seat. So I'm definitely considering it. But 
there's still a road ahead. All right, we'll keep an eye on that road. I'll put up a camera. We'll see where you go. Uh, and I'll keep a very close eye on the end of the month. You're right. The end of this month will be uh, a lot of activity in the House and then, of course, in the Senate. Representative Jason Smith from Missouri's 8th District. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Have a great, great day. Thank you. Uh, let's take a break. I'll be right back. 